0: Alright, now, the other kind of dependent clauses, we have clauses that start with hinna, and then we have clauses that start with a form of this little word, on. It's an alpha with a nu, and a smooth breathing, and either an acute or grave, depending on what's behind it. I guess there'll always be something behind it, pretty much, so there'll be uh, always a grave accent. Okay? Now you cannot translate the word on. It's, it's untranslatable. It doesn't mean anything. But what it does is that it adds, it's sometimes, believe it or not, called, the par- it's a particle, it's a little word. It's called the particle of unreality. And you're thinking, yeah, this whole thing is unreal. <laughs> okay, fine. That's right. Jesus still loves you, even if you're thinking that. Okay? Um, but let me illustrate, uh, and I want to kind of t- take this a step at a time. This is kind of the way Dr. Veltz does it in the book as well. So let's talk about different kinds of dependent clauses, namely temporal, conditional, relative and locative, location. Now here's some new words for you, uh, well three new words. We can use four different words to illustrate typical uses of the subjunctive independent clauses that begin with on. Remember we were talking about clauses that start with henna, now we're talking about clauses that start with on. All right. Now. The words are, this is a new word for you, I think, hate. No, it's not hate, it's omicron tau epsilon, has a rough breathing. Hate means when. Okay? Here's another new word, a. There's no accent, it only has a smooth breathing mark. Epsilon iota with a smooth. No accent, never an accent. It means if. Okay? Then we have relative pronouns. You can have various kinds, but here's our masculine singular nominative friend "hoss." By the way, remember the rule that if you see a little word and it's got a rough breathing and an accent on it, it's a relative pronoun. Okay, that sort of gives us rule of thumb for the relative pronoun "who." And now here's another new word, "hapu." Always rough breathing, accent on the first syllable, (laughs) means "where." Okay, so here's four words that are going to help us illustrate sentences with different dependent clauses. And here's, we're going to take these in order. Dependent clauses that express a particular past event, something that happened in the past, or dependent clauses that illustrate something that is spoken of in the future, but still it's kind of something specific, a particular future event. Finally, a more general possibility. Still out in the future, but it's more general. We're going to take each of these in turn to illustrate how on functions. Now, think about this first class. Dependent clauses that express or that talk about a particular past event. As you might guess, after maybe several moments reflection, for these clauses, particular past event, you'll use an indicative mood verb. And then you'll just use a pastime indicative. Talk about something in the past, right? That makes sense. Now, the second and third categories will both have a form of on and a subjunctive mood verb, and we'll come to them in turn. Again, you can't translate on. It simply helps to express unreality, something which hasn't happened, right? Okay, now let's try it, see how it works. Now, let's just, I mean, I know on the page we got more. Let's divide it up like this. All right. So we're on page five. Oh, do we even have that? Uh, oh, I must have. wonder why we don't have that script. Okay, well, I guess you can take notes at that point if you want. Now, look at these four sentences in Greek. We're using our friend Leo. We've had laleo, right? I say, I speak, right? So first of all, we're just, and this is pretty simple. There's nothing too fancy about this. Um, here's a dependent clause using hata, which means when. When the Lord elalesa that's just an aorist, weak stem. Aorist, indicative active, third singular. Lord is subject. When the Lord spoke, comma, edidasken. That's an imperfect. I didn't pick an imperfect for any particular reason other than I felt like it. So we might translate it, he was teaching the people. So that, that is really, insofar as anything Greek is straightforward at this point, that's just a straightforward sentence. And you have a dependent clause talking about a particular event in the past, right? When something happened. Okay? When the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. Does that make sense? Is that okay? All right? Now we will illustrate it with our little friend, if. There's lots of if-then sentences in English, and there's lots of if-then sentences in Greek. Lots and lots and lots. You no? But now we're still talking about something in the past. If, now we've got ha-kirios again, same. rest of the sentence is the same. So somebody, somebody translate that sentence for me. That second sentence. Somebody translate it. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. If the Lord spoke, he would be teaching the people? Nope. It's easier than that. Just translate the last part straightforward. If the Lord... So somebody comes up to you and says, do you know if the Lord spoke yesterday? And you say, if the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. You're just talking about something that happened in the past. Very simple, right? You're not sure... But that's how you respond. If the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. Okay? Now we'll try it with a relative clause at the beginning. And by the way, I've put, I've put our little friend, the man, or the anthropos, the person, here. Um, but you won't always see that. Sometimes it'll just start the sentence off with a relative pronoun like this. But for our purposes, we'll we have the man and now a relative pronoun who now somebody again it's not it's not nothing fancy about this somebody translate that for me sentence number 3 the man who spoke was teaching the people that's right straightforward no subjunctives piece of cake now this one's a little awkward in english but this little word means where hapu So, just translate. Anybody? Where the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. Okay. Again, we're talking about events in the past. And so you just use pastime indicatives. In both the dependent clause, which is here, all these dependent clauses, and then I just happen to choose to put an imperfect indicative in the main clause. Okay? Now, and here's, you might want to actually write a little bit of this down. Now we're going to place the event in the dependent clause into the future, into uncertainty by adding on to each clause's beginning. And again, the beginning words have been when, if, who, and where. And we're going to put the verb in that clause in the subjunctive. And we're going to make the main clause verb a future indicative. So now we're going to talk about something not in the past anymore, but in the future. So the main clause verb will be a future indicative, and the dependent clause verb will be a subjunctive and it will be preceded by a form of on. Okay? By the way, when you have when, and on is right with it, it combines and becomes hatan. That's what that word is. It's a combination of when and on. And when if is followed by on, it combines and becomes the word et-on. Okay? So you won't see h-ta-on, you'll see hatan. And you won't see a-on, you'll see on. Okay, all right, and I apologize that that was somehow not uh, on the handout, all right? Here we go. So we just, and we're going to repeat these, so we're just going to go up like this. All right. Okay. Okay. So now I have kept my first sentences up there and I follow them with a sentence in the future about a particular event. So check it out. Number 1. See our our first one is the one we had before. When the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. Everybody see that? That's the one we had before. Now we want to talk about something in the future. So we have Hate plus on. And then we have a subjunctive verb. See it? La le se. Aorist, subjunctive, active. Third, singular. And in the main clause, a future indicative. Didak se. Tan la on. And here's the pattern. I've got it in red up here. You have a form of on plus a subjunctive. Followed by a future indicative. All right? This is called, doctor, you'll get this later on in the book, you might want to make a note here. This is called a future more vivid sentence. It'll come up in chapter 37. You're asking, is there a future less vivid? Yes, there is. Okay. FMV, future more vivid. Again, this is the standard grammatical. Terminology. Okay? You won't, we don't need it now, but I just want to mention Newt. Question on the, uh, the parsing of La lace, la yes? Is the stem la lace? Yes. Okay, so the subjunctive is the exactly. This is the aorist subjunctive, this is the aorist stem, la lace. And then it would go O ace eta with Yoda subscript and a. Correct. So again, here's a, here's a pattern. Glad to sit here. We're being exciting over there. On plus subjunctive, followed by the future indicative. It's a pattern. I want you to spot the pattern. And the translation is in the future. When the Lord speaks, he will teach the people. That's how you translate that. On plus the subjunctive, followed by a future indicative. And you translate when, because it's haton. It's hate plus on. Okay? But that's how Greek puts a sentence and throws it into the future and talks about a particular event that hasn't happened yet. It uses hate plus on with a subjunctive verb. When the Lord speaks, he will teach the people. Now, watch the pattern. Okay, We don't want to say when, we want to say if. Now here's the one we had before. In the past, if the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people, but now we want to talk about the future. Well, here's the pattern. On plus subjunctive in the dependent clause, and a future indicative in the main one. So the only thing we've changed here between this sentence and this one is our introductory word for the dependent clause. We're not going to say when, we're going to say if. And you translate, if the Lord speaks, he will teach the people. Now you could have written, if the Lord speaks, he will slay the virgins with swords. You could have said anything you wanted to, right? But it'll be a future indicative in the main clause. Okay? So again, dependent clause, on plus subjunctive, main clause, future indicative. Eric? ever get something where we get the subjunctive in the first part of the clause, and then it will move, other than, not a move A tense? Tense other than future. Yes, we're coming right to it. Eric asked about this, will this ever be something other than a future indicative, and the answer is yes, indeed, in about four and a half minutes depending on how many questions there are, okay? Yeah, no, that's no, all right, no, good. Okay, now let's do it again, same pattern. Can you see the pattern? Dependent clause is on plus subjunctive, a form of on plus the subjunctive, followed by a future indicative. Now you're talking about a particular event, hasn't happened yet, but it's up in the future, okay? Now we'll do it with a relative pronoun. Again, sometimes Greek will leave this word out, this Antecedent of the relative. Here's our old sentence. The man who, or the one who spoke, was teaching the people. If you're going to put it in the future, you put on in there. And a future, and a, any subjunct, future subjunctive. Excuse me, any subjunctive verb. This is just aorist because it's simpler. And future indicative. So we might translate, who. The one who speaks will teach the people, Okay, Talking about the future, right? But now the relative clause takes the place of the conditional clause or the temporal clause. But it's the same pattern, on plus the subjunctive, followed by a future indicative. Okay, Are you seeing the pattern? Yes, Professor, again. We are seeing the pattern. Thank you. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Rob? Um, I think that's right. So since the main clause is the future, yes. you would say the time of the dependent clause is also future, but the really subjunctive is conveying the uncertainty. That's right, that's right. Very good. The main clause is running the show. Yep. Yippie doodle. Okay. Not only would we say that, but we should. That's right, we should. You will certainly not, not say that. So, okay? One more example, same pattern. Using our friend where, hapu. The past time, where the Lord spoke, he was teaching the people. We wanna put it in the future, so we have hapu on. Where the Lord speaks, he will teach the people. There's the future indicative again and the pattern on plus the subjunctive in the dependent clause, okay? It's a pattern. Again, you'll learn this terminology later. This is called a future more vivid sentence, okay? All right, pause there for a second. We okay? This is, again, the category that we're considering is dependent clauses that begin with a form of on. Extremely common, especially conditionals, especially "et-on." You have all kinds of if-then sentences in, "If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins." That's this kind of sentence. At least I hope it is. that was just one popped into my head. <laughs> I have to look it up, but if it's not, it should be. Or it could have been, all right? OK. Now, because you're feeling secure in Christ and you're all baptized and you don't mind going into even greater uncertainty, okay, that's where we're going. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk about a particular event in the future. We're going to make a statement about what generally happens out there. Okay, And we're going to satisfy Eric's morbid curiosity. For whether or not we can change the verb tense in the main clause. So if you don't like this, guess whose fault it is. That's right. No, no, that's right. That's right. Remember, it deserves got nothing to do with it. Right? So we can make the dependent clause even more uncertain by changing the main clause. The main clause from future indicative to present indicative. See, you thought I was going to introduce a different mood or something, didn't you? No, no. You just take that main clause verb and you make it not future indicative, but present indicative. You guys can do that, right? Easy peasy, right? Yeah. This is called a general construction because you're making a general statement about what's ever gonna happen. And I suggest, you could ask Veltz about this if he likes this when he gets back. I suggest that you kind of put an ever translation on the dependent clause like The following, you know it would be really nice if Greek and language in general was composed of really short, simple sentences, right, wouldn't that be great? The answer is only the simplest form, actually you'll probably like Hebrew, at least initially because simple Hebrew syntax is like this, God did this, and God did this, and God did this, and God did this, it's very simple, right. Now, you'll never be able to read the Psalms that way, but, uh, but we'll just read those in English or something. <laughs> okay. Okay, now, here's our first one we had, the past particular, and now here's the one we just had, the future. Check it out. Main clause verb is a future indicative. When the Lord speaks, He will teach the people. But now we want to talk about what generally might happen out there in the future. And so the pattern is... This is the same. On plus the subjunctive. And the main clause verb is a present indicative. That's the only difference in the pattern. That's the only difference. So we have hatan La lalese, and now we have didaske. You know, you're looking at that verb and you're thinking, you know, it looks like I know that verb, but that can't be true. There's gotta be a trick somewhere. The answer is no. It's just a present indicative active, third person singular. OAA. Okay? Translation, and what, here's where I suggest putting the ever in. You can ask Beltz what he thinks. Whenever the Lord speaks, he teaches the people. See, it's a generalized statement, right? You're not talking about a specific thing in the future, it's what's generally true. It's a pattern, right? Whenever the Lord speaks, He teaches the people. He never speaks, but he doesn't teach the people. Whenever the Lord speaks, he teaches the people. Okay? But check out the pattern. On plus the subjunctive, followed by the present indicative. Not the future. This is called, not too surprisingly, a present general sentence. As opposed to a future more vivid. You'll get that terminology later on in the book. Okay? A present general and you just repeat the pattern. We don't want to say now when. We want to say if. So we've got on plus the subjunctive. And the only difference between our future statement is here's the future indicative. And in this new one, we have a present indicative. If ever the Lord speaks, he teaches the people. Follows the formula. On plus the subjunctive. In the main clause, a present indicative. Okay? Same with a relative clause. Here we have the future one with a future indicative main verb. Here we have a present indicative main verb. Are you seeing the pattern? Because